In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, uh, we're going to talk about domestic violence. Yeah, I know it's not a fun topic per se, uh, but it's something that a lot of my clients have been involved with or even been perpetrators of. So I, I think it's important that we address kind of you know what it is because a lot of people might think they're they're not in a domestic violence or abusive relationship so we're just going to break it down we're going to talk about it it's going to help you the listener in case you or somebody you know happens to be in those types of situation and as usual we're giving away a bunch of free stuff hang in there we'll be right back Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What is going on, my friends? This is David Wright, the Motor City Hypnotist, and we're back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. Welcome back, sir. Welcome to you, Matt. That is uh, Matt Fox, the other voice you hear. Yes, sir. He's hanging out on a Friday evening, doing yes. our thing. Yes. We are Good in, times. We are in our Podcast Your Voice studios now. Oh, oh, okay. So we are in the Podcast Your Voice Southfield Studios. You got it. That's it. Yes, nice. Sir. I'm glad you I'm glad you said that. I would have <laughs> I would have went into the other spiel because yeah. I didn't yeah. It's all good. Yeah, good. Yeah. Podcast your voice, Southfield Studios. You got it. So we've been a lot of different things, but we're still here. Hey, you know what? It, this is important. You know, uh, a lot of folks look for this on Friday night. Absolutely. Which which is fantastic. But we, then they find it on their uh, favorite podcast. Absolutely. Uh, program, yep. So. Yep. And and we'll get into that as far as where you can find us and, and why it's important to to subscribe, click, join Combine, well, I don't know, collect, whatever it is. Whatever makes it. Whatever makes it, whatever makes you signed up for it, that, yeah. that you'll just get it. It'll just be automatically downloaded to your device whenever a new episode hits. Correct. So speaking of that, please subscribe and, or do whatever that thing is to connect you on your podcast platform, whether it's Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, uh, Audacity, or not Audacity, Audacity. Audacity. No, Odyssey, Odyssey, yep, Odyssey. Odyssey. and I, I confuse that with Audacity, which is a it's a different program, the, per, the recording program Correct. you use. Correct. Yes, yeah. Yep. So anyway, whatever <laughs> platform you're on, connect so that you'll get all the episodes, and please leave a review if you're on any platform. Just leave a review; that would be very helpful to me. Gets more people to see it and more people to listen. So that's great. So yeah, we are in the palatial Southfield Studios of Podcast Your Voice. The Motor City Hypnotist Podcast Yay. on Podcast Your Voice. Yay. So let me tell you, folks, where you can find me, my website, MotorCityHypnotist.com. Um, all kinds of cool stuff. I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of calls for shows just in the last couple of weeks. Excellent. Spring shows, like shows that are eight months away. 2022. Yep. It's 22, on a roll. 22. We're going to, I think we'll be back to semi-normal by then yeah. as far as shows go. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know about, you know pandemic and all that but um just get out the butter we're on a roll let's go <laughs> get out the butter <laughs> cornbread <laughs> want me some cornbread uh you can find me on social media facebook and youtube which are both motor city hypnotist 
and on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat if you happen to be doing the snaps. Oh. You need to be snapping people. Ah, too old for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm on it because of my son. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's pretty much the only person I communicate there. And it's Motor City Hypno there as well? Motor City Hypno there, yeah. Right. On YouTube, tw- I'm sorry, on tw- Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat are all Motor City Hypno. H-Y-P-N-O. That is right. And as usual, check the show notes out. I know a lot of people may listen and maybe not won't go in and look at like the episode show notes, but there's some great stuff in there. A couple of things. I usually give away something free. The hypnosis guide is always there. I'm always dropping in free MP3s along the way. So, you know, over the course of, uh, I think we're on 100 and, oh. It's up there. It's yeah. good there. Yeah. 100 and something episodes. There's a lot of free links along the way. So you could probably have, I actually, by now, you probably have my whole library of MP3 recordings. You probably, yeah. Unless I've done anything new in the past few months. <laughs> um, so, yeah, check out the show notes because you can find a whole bunch of free stuff and information and, and um free things in the show notes cool which is fantastic um yeah so that's where you can find me um so let me tell you about our sponsor amy wright found you said hi david my sister hi amy how you doing sis hope you're doing well (laughs) hope everybody else is well thanks for checking in i appreciate it um this episode is brought to you by empower your mind for success a hypnotic guide this is my new book it's been out for a couple of months a little over a couple of months now and um, it is, um, it's a guide to help you change embedded thought patterns that have maybe, um, I don't know, hindered you in the past. I'll, I'll be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. I have gone through a small life change myself. Yep, you have. Mm-hmm. That book did help me. Absolutely. I'm glad. I'm glad, Matt. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and as soon as people realize that all, all self-improvement, whether it be therapy, therapy hypnosis, um, working out, out, anything that you want to do to improve yourself it starts in your thinking. That's where it has to start because you're not going to take action on it until you change your thinking. So if you're somebody who struggled with something in the past, we need to get the thinking changed so right. you can make changes physically, emotionally, mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it did uh, help me go down a awesome. great path. So I'm, I'm glad. Thank you for I'm that. glad it helped. So yes, Empower Your Mind for Success. It is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and available in any bookstore. Uh, if it's not on their shelves, they will have access to order it. Worldwide. So if you have picked it up, uh, please leave a review on Amazon. That would be fantastic. Again, the more re- reviews I have, the more it puts it in front of other people that may want it, kind of with similar interest or other things that, that might lead them to that. Um, even if it's on Barnes & Noble site, you can leave a review there, but um, a, a review would help me out tremendously. If you haven't gotten the book yet, uh, you can get it on um, paperback or on Kindle version. So if you have a Kindle and you don't want to nice. carry a book around, nice. that's fine. I, I My Kindle, I use it every night. It's just easier. I love books. I love holding books, but at nighttime when it's dark in the room, unless I had a light on, right? It it it's just it's just easier with the Kindle. Which, so I use that a lot as well. Cool. So yeah, uh, pick up the book, read it, leave a review. That would be much appreciated. All right, I think we have got everything out of the way as far as that goes. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. Here we go. <laughs> That's how winning is done. So this, oh boy, oh boy, here Are we you go. Kidding? Oh, here it is. I'm <laughs> just gonna say, I always, I always have the notes for the winner, like in my other notes. So I gotta like fish it out somewhere. <laughs> so, so the winner of the week this week is kind of somebody who has. So, so lately, and and I don't know why this is happening in sports lately. But I'm glad it is. 
but there are a lot of people, athletes, who are coming out and um, talking about their mental health struggles yeah. publicly. Yeah. Um, uh, Simone Biles was one. Correct. Um, I don't know if you heard. Uh, Michael Phelps for, was another. Michael one. Phelps is a big one because he yeah. does the commercials for for one of the online therapy services. Mm -hmm. um, just this past week, uh, Calvin Ridley, the receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, hmm. took a leave. For... He left the team for mental health reasons. Wow! So he's not he's not playing this week. Oh my goodness! Neither right. is Aaron Rodgers, but that's a different story. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's a different <laughs> that's a different illness. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but but one of the other big names is Bubba Watson, golfer. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Mister Left Hander. Yep. So I'm, I'm, th there's a story that just came out and and talking about what kind of happened uh, with Bubba and and he's he's talked about this. He actually put it out in a book. Hmm, okay. And I'll and I'll hit the book later on. But um, four years ago, Bubba Watson hit rock bottom when he stared at the screen on his bathroom scale and saw just how much weight he had lost at 162 pounds. The six foot three golfers withering physique was an outward expression of the severe anxiety he had been struggling with for years wow. and keeping bottled up inside. So think about that. He's six foot three inches tall and, and 162 pounds. That's, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that, way, that, that's way I mean, underweight. Yes. I mean, even in, I'm only 5'10. Mm -hmm. So when I was in high school, I probably weighed about 160. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I was a skinny punk mm -hmm. at 5'10. Right, right. Can't imagine stretching that out to six foot three. Right. Uh, that that's that's huge yeah when he won the jacket he was you know a good at least mm -hmm. you know 205 210 yep. and just you know pure muscle at that the two-time masters champion feared he was dying of a terminal disease reminded him of his late father who passed away from throat cancer going from 190 pounds to 92 pounds that's mm. what happened to his dad okay and he states, this is his quote, golf was killing me. I was letting my position on the money list, world rankings, and Ryder Cup and President's Cup standings eat at my soul. Mm -hmm. He writes up in the opening chapter of Up and Down. Up and Down is the title of his book, uh, Bubba Watson. Reflecting upon the lowest point in his life when he was overwhelmed by negative thoughts and debilitating anxiety in the process of putting together the book, he said was a cathartic experience for him. And he states, it's weird to think about it because now I feel like I'm in a good spot. Tomorrow I could be in a bad spot. I don't know yet. Going back and looking out at it, I think, how was I there? How did I get there? Watson says. Uh, opening up and talking about his mental health struggles, beginning with his wife, his closest friends, and his management team, kick-started the recovery process for him. Mm. And, he and he said, then I felt, why not share it with the world and try to help people in my situation? Mm -hmm. Uh, coping mechanisms have worked well for Watson, including everything from cutting out chocolate cake, making an effort to get more sleep, working out at least three times a week, and making sure he stays hydrated. Mm -hmm. So think about that. These, these seems like very simple things. Right. I don't know about the chocolate just, just cake. Just in general. But, you know. I mean, I, who doesn't like chocolate cake? <laughs> but it depends on how much. I mean, if you have a piece once a week, that's cool. Yeah. If you're eating four pieces every night, that's not, not so good. Not so good. So, so it's really just regulating, and it sounds like my, and I, I tell this to clients all the time, we're not here to change everything overnight. We just want to make small incremental changes. Tweaks. Tweaks. Yeah. And as you do that, as you start to feel better, that's going to encourage you to do more and more, mm. and you just kind of continue that process. So the, the easy, sweets, sleeping more, working out, and drinking water. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, sounds easy enough. It does. It's difficult. I get it. But, but those are the little things that help you to feel better. And here's the, here's he added one more uh, right on the end. Also taking 10 seconds just to breathe in moments when I feel stress uh, helps me to have, he said it's called a positive psychological balm. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It takes about 10 seconds yeah. to, uh, you know, put chapstick on just your sec- Yeah. There's a, um, I know we did a, we did an episode way back when on the best mental health apps for your phone. Okay. One of them, I think, I think the one it's called calm and it's just, it's a breathing exercise. It's a breathing, yeah. it's a breathing technique. Yeah, and it, there's this little timer that kind of you'll hear nature sounds, uh-huh. and it's I'm not I I don't think it's more than twenty seconds. Right, right. You breathe, breathe in. Yep. yep. Breathe, breathe out. Breathe out. Yeah. And just do that for twenty seconds with that sound, and it just gets you into that relaxed space. So even doing that for for ten or twenty seconds is amazing. It'll it'll you'll be surprised at how different that makes you feel. You you take those ten seconds when you got that putt lined up for three feet for one point uh-huh. five million dollars. Yeah, you know, you, you but, but and that's the other thing with athletes. Think of the um, immense pressure mm-hmm. they're under, and and I know. Don't get me wrong. I know they make millions of dollars. Right, but still. If you put it in perspective, what if you had to go to work every day and said, if you don't perform today, you're not going to get paid. You might not get another contract to work here or get paid or get paid. <laughs> right. Right. Well, with golf, that well, golf is dependent on winnings that. Right. So if you're on a team, you have a contract. But still, I get it. I get it. You know, you, if you're on a team long enough and you're not if you're not doing what they think you should be doing, you're mm-hmm. not going to be there for long. Right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, so I understand it's a much different tax bracket, but mm-hmm. the principles are the same. Mm-hmm. It could be affecting your job, and be and if you're feeling like this at your job, the risk is you lose your job. Mm-hmm. You don't get paid. You have to find another job, and and all of that stress that goes with it. Right. So he he had one last quote. He said, "So so there are many key things I've tried to put into practice now, and my wife is there to help me ensure I'm doing these things, and we've been able to manage it." It's going to come up at some point in my life when I get off track, but hopefully we can manage it now and stop it before I get to that dark place again. And that's the statement I want to really hit on. Sometimes you're going to be off track, but it's important not to let it go. It's important to take steps to stop it before you get to that, as Bubba Watson puts it, that dark place again. So it's, it's yeah, it's... it's um. It's just those little things and just being aware of where you're at and, and just making sure you don't get to that point. So, so I, I really felt I, I thought it was great that that he came out and did a book that can help other people. So, again, the name of the book is Up and Down by Bubba Watson. Uh, I will have the link to this article and his book in the show notes. Um, but again, just kind of an example of somebody who you think you would think this guy wouldn't have any issues. How many millions has he made? I mean, right. so professional athlete. We're all human. Yep. And we all we're, go we're all our human own, beings. Yeah. We all go through our own struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just, I, I like it when money's not going to solve your issues or your problems. It might cause um, more sometimes issues. Sometimes it might cause more. You're yeah. right. It could. So anyway, Bubba Watson, winner of the week. That's how winning is done. Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely, I, I do. I've I, I really enjoyed watching Bubba Watson per, perform when he was mm-hmm. when, on his winning streak. On his, yeah, when he was was yeah moving up the ranks. Yeah, and, and, yeah. If I put on that jacket, mm-hmm. one of the coolest things about his uh, his um, 
his swing though mm-hmm. off the tee was he actually comes up off of the ground when he comes through with his follow through. Oh yeah, his he, his up, whole up, body up, comes yeah, up mm-hmm. off the ground. I was yeah. like, how do you control your swing? Like well, that's that? one of those things where. <laughs> Playing, I played sports in high school. I played baseball in high school. I also did um, cross country. But um, but with sports like golf, base th- things where there's a technique to it. Yeah. And and there are specific ways. Specific. If you're gonna, if you're, if you went to school to learn it, or if you had a trainer or mm-hmm. a coach, mm-hmm. they're going to teach you the techniques how they're supposed to be done. But some people have just learned a different way, right. and even though it's very it's off the wall and crazy technique. Right. It works for them. Was he left or right-handed? I thought he was left-handed for some reason. That, you know what? I don't know. That's I mean, a good I'll, question. I'll, I'll find out because cool. it's Phil and someone else that yep. are left-handed. Yep. So. I, I, yeah. That's a, I, I'm trying to picture him in my head, and I can't, I can't see it. I'll find out. You keep cool. going there. I'll keep going. I'll keep going. Um, so, so today we're going to talk about domestic violence. And I know I said in the intro, this is not like a real fun or, or light subject. But the reason I, I want to talk about it is because I have it. I'm not kidding. I, in my point in my career, I've been practicing over 30 years now. And at any point in time, I've had somebody in my caseload that has either been a victim of domestic violence or a perpetrator hmm. of domestic violence. And and I'm going to give you, the, and the reason I brought this up is October, which is just past a couple of days ago at, as of this recording, is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So there's probably a lot of news articles and things kind of promoting that. Um, but while it's often, the, the, here's the, the thing about domestic violence, it's most often underreported. Um, hmm. And because of that, the data is probably not as accurate as it could be. Um, so there, there is an, and I'm going to put this also in the show notes. There, there's a hotline for those of you who may be victims of this, or, or even if you're, even if you're um, have found yourself being the perpetrator, there's a national domestic violence hotline that I will leave in the show notes. It's 1-800-799-7233. We're going to talk a lot about this, but I want to make sure that if you're looking for information, it'll be in the show notes. He is left-handed. Yep. Okay. Good. Yep. He has the uh, second uh, second greatest number of major wins among left-hander golfers. Nice. Yep. Yep. So there's some statistics, and, and these may it, it may surprise you on on some of these. And, and first of all, I'm sorry. Before we get into the statistics, I want to give you like a, a definition because when I say domestic violence, people think some guy just pummeling his wife until she's you know. I, I, I don't know, just very violent physical attacks. So domestic violence, the definition from the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence says willful intimidation as part of a systematic pattern of power and control perpetrated by one intimate partner against another. So I'm going to read that another one more time slowly. The willful intimidation as part of a systematic pattern of power and control perpetrated by one intimate partner against another Hmm. so domestic violence doesn't have to be physical that's my the point i'm getting to on that statement it's anything that you do that's intimidating or controlling to your partner Mm -hmm. it could be verbal it could it could be it could be nonverbal. it could be 
you know, threaten, uh, you know, threats of violence. Uh, so so I, I just want to, there, there's a wide umbrella that covers a lot of this. It doesn't have to just be physical abuse, okay? Um, domestic violence is also, there, there's there been a term that's come up lately for it. It didn't exist before, but it's also called intimate partner violence. Um, so here's some statistics, and it may shock you. On average, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States. 20 people per minute. During one year, this equates to more than 10 million women and men being physically abused by an intimate partner. One in four women and one in nine men experience severe intimate partner physical violence. Um, which would include, uh, you know, sexual violence, uh, stalking, uh, fearfulness, uh, 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 injury, post-traumatic stress. All of these come from the, these these issues or these these uh, uh, instances of abuse. Um, so it goes into more detail. One in three women and one in four men have experienced some form of physical violence from an intimate partner. So think about that. One in three women. And one so in four men. If, if, you're in, if you're in a group, I do this in my head sometimes. I know it's probably not healthy. But if I'm in a group and I have 20 friends with me, mm-hmm. I, I do this like, it's, it's, it's not like I'm obsessed, obsessed with it. But I, once in a while, I just think, okay. It's the law of numbers at that the point. The law of numbers. Yeah. Somebody here has been sexually abused, mm-hmm. has been physically assaulted, has been... Um, uh, had a drug or alcohol issue. Mm-hmm. It, it's just the odds are in those numbers. Um, one in seven women and one in 25 men have been seriously injured by an intimate partner. Mm. One in 10 women have been raped by an intimate partner. Um, one in four women and one in seven men have been victims of severe physical violence, which would include Beatings, burning, strangling by an intimate partner in their lifetime. So, so and I know some of these, um, some of you may say, oh, that one in seven men. Well, how would a man let that happen? Right. I've had clients, I'm telling you. I, I've, I've seen it. I've seen guys who have been actually physically abused by their wives. Mm. And, and they don't, it's almost like, and you shouldn't hit back. But but men are men are taught at a young age not to hit a woman, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But even if they're being attacked, they won't fight back because they don't want to do that. Right. So they'll let it go sometimes. Alan checked in. Oh, Alan! Thanks for checking in, Alan. Yes, sir. Alan, it's Friday night. The, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I know it's I know it's taco night. So. <laughs> So yeah, it's surprising that a lot of men have seen have uh, that I've seen over the years have been physically abused, and they just they 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 don't respond because they they don't want to hurt their their wife or their partner. Um, so that, yeah, that that that's a that's uh, it's it's kind of shocking. Um, one in seven women and one in eighteen men have been stalked by an intimate partner during their lifetime, to the point in which they felt very feel fearful or believed that someone close to them would be harmed or killed. Hmm. Uh, On a typical day, on average, there are more than 20,000 phone calls placed to the domestic violence hotlines nationwide. 20,000 calls a day. A day. A day. 
Yeah, in the United States. That's scary. I'm going to share some more stats. I know this sounds like I'm just running numbers, but I, but this this is a lot. It's a lot more um, uh, common than what people may think. Mm-hmm. The presence of a gun in a domestic violence situation increases the risk of homicide by five hundred percent. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, if, if you have somebody and. Not, there's, not getting off on a political rant yeah, but or there's any kind a lot, of tangent here. There's I, a lot more emotions when it comes to partnerships and, yep. and couples. And you bring a firearm into the yep. equation. Of course, yeah, it's yes, going to escalate. It's just it's, it, if it escalates. And, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not anti-second. I own, I own firearms. Okay. It's not, I'm, not, I'm not against that. However, people's behaviors, some people shouldn't. Right. Regardless. And again, there is a right to own firearms. Mm-hmm. If you're responsible, and that's the whole key thing. Correct. And if somebody's, you know, if somebody's that typical hothead who's gonna, just going to flip out at everything, mm-hmm. they probably shouldn't have access to to weapons. Good. Correct. Um, intimate partner violence accounts for 15% of all violent crime. So think about violent crime, murders, uh, rapes, um, uh, physical assaults. Generally, in, in public, 15 Sorry, 15% of those numbers are, are intimate partner violence. Wow. Yeah. Um, women between the ages of 18 to 24 are most commonly abused by an intimate partner. 19% of domestic violence involves weapons. Hmm. Domestic victimization is correlated with a higher rate of depression and suicidal behavior, which would be understandable. Mm-hmm. If you're a victim of this, you're not going to be feeling you know, great. Mm-hmm. Um, and only 34% of people who are injured by intimate partners receive medical care for their injuries. Now, this goes back to people don't want to want to report it. They don't want somebody to get in trouble. They're mm-hmm. there or they're forced not to report it by the person who abused them. That that's right. typically what happens as well. Right. Yeah, um, Amy, Amy chimed back. In. Yeah. Um, Said she can relate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it really is. It's a it's a. It's just a terrible cycle to be in, involved with. It, it, it's it's just it, it. And here's the thing, and we're going to get to some a couple more things here as far as to statistics go in this. Um, and we're going to talk about perpetrators as well. Hmm. So, as far as other than just for, uh, abuse in general, we're, we're going to break it down here. As far as women, women and men being raped. Again, another violent crime. One in five women and one in 71 men in the United States have been raped in their lifetime. One in five women. Wow. Um, almost half of female and male victims of rape in the United States were raped by an acquaintance. Of these, 45% and 29, 45% of females and 29% of males were raped by an intimate partner. Hmm. Yeah. I had a this. I'll give you a a specific example. Of course, no names. It's just a a, a couple I had years ago, and I'm saying I'm talking probably this is probably I'm going to say 20 years ago. Okay. They were married, and again, an abusive relationship. The, the husband was abusive towards the wife. I was seeing the wife for for therapy, and um, he raped her numerous times during their marriage, but to him, it was his right. What? Because it was his wife. No. No, I know. 
And this this is kind of the crazy thinking. <laughs> no. This is the this is the effed up thinking. That's that not how this works. There. That's not how any of this I, works. I know. I I I know. It, it and it's so crazy because this client, thank goodness, she finally got out. Mm-hmm. But it took her years. And and it's just it's sad when I, when I see it and I'm I'm looking at a real person here and it's like, what in the world? I I just that part of me just kind of, it just doesn't like how does somebody think that way? Yeah. And we're we're going to get into that too on okay. why people do it. All right. Um, homicides. A study of intimate partner homicides found that 20% of victims um, were not the partners themselves, but family members, friends, neighbors, persons who intervened, law enforcement, or bystanders. Bystanders? Yes. Jeez. So it doesn't even just go towards that partner. It goes out to whoever's trying to intervene or come into the situation. Hmm. 72% of all murder suicides involve an intimate partner. Yeah. 94% of the victims of these murder suicides are female. Hmm. Yeah. So Kurt was on the other side of that. Yeah. Mr. Cobain. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um so and they're all other they're all other things that you don't think this trickle down from from these abusive relationships. There's economic impact. Many women and men, it could be either way around, they won't leave a, a violent relationship because they can't afford it. Most women and men, I, I, I'm using these term, terms interchangeably, the victim is often in a situation where they can't support themselves hmm. because they've been kept that way by the abusive partner. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to get into control in a few minutes. But they do that to keep them under their control hmm. they can't survive without them so there's no risk of them leaving because they're dependent on the abuser okay there's there's That's, many sides to that right there really right is. and and yep yep we're gonna we're gonna address that okay um between 2003 and 2008 142 women were murdered in their workplace by their abuser um 78 of 78 percent of women killed in the workplace during this time frame so of of all women killed in the workplace, seventy eight percent were an abusive relationship situation. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then we get into like physical, mental impacts. Of course, all of this is is a, a is meant to just beat down the partner so that they don't have any self esteem, they don't have any any uh, um, uh, awareness or any any desire. I, I, well, desire is probably not a good word. They don't have any impetus to leave because they've been beaten down so much. They start to feel like somehow they're at fault or they deserve it. And I've seen this in therapy over and over again over the years. Um, So domestic violence in whatever form, verbal, mental, emotional, it, it, it is a, it's, it's, it's wrong. It's wrong across the board. And, And people will, again, a lot of times they'll rationalize it trying to say, well, you know, he doesn't do it all the time or she only hit me once mm-hmm. or and, and, and really I want people to get this in their heads. The first time it happens, you should there should be a plan for you to get out. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that something couldn't happen to, to work back into it, but if you stay, it's going to continue. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into um, I know this is a deep subject and I was just hitting on on stats and, and, and characteristics of what this is, but we're going to get into the next the, our next episode and i'm going to break it down as far as what constant like what, what how do you know if somebody is is abusive even if they're not physically abusive mm-hmm. 
and what you can do if you're in that type of a relationship. And I'm going to hit on also quickly, and I know people are kind of hesitant or resistant to this, but typically perpetrators have had issues in their lives. Mm -hmm. Most perpetrators have been an abuse, have been abused themselves. Right. And that's a cycle that just goes on and on. And that's that's also a problem. Hmm. So we're going to get into recognizing if you're in an in abusive relationship and then what you can do about it. And I know that's a tough question because every situation is different. Mm-hmm. And I've helped clients with this over over and over again throughout the years. Uh, but there are things that you, you should and must do if you want to get out of that cycle. Fair enough. So, yeah, we'll be back next episode with that information. In the meantime, folks, change your thinking, change your life, laugh hard, run fast, be kind. We will see you next time.